Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. We're glad you're with us on this sunny Monday afternoon. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're broadcasting from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. I want to thank First Bank for their continuing sponsorship of our studio broadcast and, of course, our show. Also want to say hello to our good friends Dickie's Barbecue Pit here in Hattiesburg. Great guys serving great food seven days a week, drive-through, takeout, the home delivery, it doesn't matter. If you're in the mood for barbecue, there's just no better barbecue than Dickie's, and uh, we thank Dickie's Barbecue for their support of the Eagle Hour. Jack Duggan will be joining us in the second segment of the show. The uh, home and road basketball schedules uh, were released this morning, so maybe we can talk to Jack a bit about that. Kelly Sander will be on the show a little later, uh, as always, as well. We start out the show with a review of a 56-35 loss. The Golden Eagles uh, dropped their fourth game of the year, this time to Liberty University. Uh, Played better in the second half after being uh, really beaten badly in the first half uh, and now uh, come back home. And uh, hopefully, if all things hold up, uh, they'll get to play Rice this weekend. But the Golden Eagles, Luke, lose another one, 56-35. Uh, some reason to be optimistic, I guess, because of the second half. But I got to tell you, Luke, as long as the defense is getting scorched uh, the way they were in the first half of the game Saturday uh, and then gave up points in the second half, just got to get better defensive play. I thought Tate Watley played well. I thought overall the offense, again, played well enough to win. But uh, there, just, there just seems to be very little defense on the team this year. You could tell, uh, on top of the defensive struggles that they had had, you could tell that they had not been playing uh, a game in in two weeks. They had not been on the game field in three weeks, and you could tell it. There's just no way to simulate game speed on on the practice uh, field. There's no way to do that. You could tell some of the guys that had been out, you know, that uh, that missed the the North Texas game. You could tell that they hadn't played in a month, um, and and it really showed up in the secondary. And we, we know the secondary has had issues, but you know when you're when you're having when you're playing your corners off, you know, ten to twelve yards, and you know the the tackling is just was bad. You put that on top of how talented the Liberty quarterback was. Uh, but but the biggest thing for me, and, and we're going to play a clip from Scotty Walden here just in a minute, but the biggest thing for me was that they did not fold, they did not quit. And that, that's not a moral victory statement. If you're out there saying, Luke, I'm tired of, of hearing all this stuff, we were down four touchdowns. And I'll get into some of my frustration here in a minute to how the first half played out. You come back and you score 21 and answered, and you look up and, and you're down by seven in the third quarter. I mean, what else could you want from a response, you know, as bad as the – as the the second as the first half went, especially the second quarter, is how good the third quarter went for the Eagles. But play a clip from Scotty Walden here, coach. Obviously, he's back with the team today, and and I've been hearing Bob that the way that they've been uh, attacking the protocol, you know, it's kind of like the the Nick Saban rule: three negatives and you're back. So Scotty's back at work today. Here's what he has to say about his return, and here's what he had to say uh, about the ball game. This is my first day back, so it's great to be back. Obviously, I'm out of 
I'm way out of routine. I'm a pretty routine guy, so it's kind of a just a whirlwind of a day, just trying to get back in in, in rhythm and stuff like that. But uh, you know, got back this morning, met with the staff. Uh, you know, I've, I've been zooming in staff meetings and being staying staying connected. And Coach Billings and the staff have just been uh, amazing. Just um, with the way they picked everything up last week, and then they and again, you know, just allowing me to continue to be a part and just making sure we're you know. Um, you know, I, I felt very a part of the game plan and things of that nature, and we did the best we could. And um, in terms of the game, obviously, you know, very disappointed in in the outcome. Uh, and I've said it; I feel like I say it almost. You know, I've said it a lot, but I mean it. You know, and it's one thing I told our guys last night. I zoomed into a team meeting and uh, kind of just voiced a few things to them before they got with their coaches. Was you know, we're at a point now where, and I've said this a million times, but it's true. I'm, I'm proud. I'm very proud of our guys' resiliency and their effort, and I'm proud of the coaching staff's resiliency and their effort, and I and I know that sounds like a, a beaten record, but I truly am because I think for them to be down 35-7, to seven, for us to be down 35-7 and then shake back like we did in that third quarter and have 21 unanswered points, it, it says a lot about these, these kids' character that are on this football team, and it says a lot about our coaches' character that are coaching these young men, and uh, I, I couldn't be more pleased with that now. With that same token, uh, you know, we were very, I was very critical, very, um, I guess, just addressing the point where we, we've got that down. We're playing hard. We're, we're, you know, fighting through adversity. But, I mean, there's no excuse to make as many mental errors as we made in that game. And that's what led to a lot of explosive plays. You look at that game, I mean, those guys are known for running the football. We outgained them on the ground. We ran the ball for over 200 yards, had over five yards of carry. But you look at the average yards per play, they average about eight yards per play. Whereas we did it when they had much, much more explosive plays than we did, obviously. And that's what led to them winning the game. If we cut down three to, let's say we chop off three explosive plays, you know, uh, of theirs, you know, we might have a chance to win that game there at the end. And I think they're a really good football team and they deserve a ton of credit. Uh, but uh, at the same time, I think we, we had a lot of self-inflicted wounds in this game uh, to where it was either it was bad eyes in the back end or were missed tackles and, and took poor pursuit angles. Uh, I thought we had a lull on offense after that very first drive. Um, and, and, you know, we need to be more consistent. So uh, that's head coach Scotty Walden. And Bob, I just want to walk you back through a couple things. And, and he's, you know, he's, he's right and glad he's back with the team. So it's 14 to seven in the first quarter. And the Golden Eagles stop Liberty. Now, this is not a ref rant, okay? But I'm just bringing this up to the point that the 35 to seven at, at halftime is not in, is not totally indicative of the way the first half went. If you, if you just, if you weren't watching this game and you just flipped over as a non-Southern Miss fan and you saw 35 to seven, you said, man, they're getting axed. You know, they're getting, they're getting housed every time. So it's 14 to seven. The Eagles stop Liberty on like about the 12 or 13 yard line. And it's, it's, it's apparent there is a yard and a half or at least a yard that they have stopped them by. They get a really favorable spot. There's no review. Tim Billings actually called a timeout and, uh, but they didn't review it. And then Liberty scores, I think, the next player of the play after that. So now it's 21-7. Liberty scores again. It's 28-7. Eagles house a kickoff return 100 yards. And he gets called back for still, I don't know who it was on because they kept saying that it was on Antoine Robinson. He's the guy that returned the ball. That made it 28-14. Last offensive uh, possession of the half, uh, Southern Miss on third down throws it to Grayson Gunner. He gets tackled. No call on that. Southern Miss punts it, and then Liberty scores their fifth touchdown of the half. So there was 
there's about 14 or possibly 21 points where you look up in the third quarter if the game played out as it is, and Southern Miss is actually leading 28-21 rather than trailing in the third quarter. So I just wanted to say that, not not to not. It's obviously as Scotty said, we have way too many explosive plays on offense. But at the same token, the the final score and especially the halftime score was not indicative of how the Eagles played in the first half. I hear what you're saying, uh, but I don't think you can give up 537 yards of uh, offense to your opponent and, and expect to win many games. Uh, I don't, you know, uh, with all due respect, I mean, I just don't think that you can blame the officials for the loss. I think, uh, I think the team just got scorched in the first half. But, but all that aside, uh, I'm interested in getting your input on this. I thought Tate Watley overall a more effective quarterback from the standpoint of being able to do more things than what we've seen out of Jack Abraham this year. I thought it was a really good offensive plan uh, drawn up by Kubik, and, of course, Scotty Walden said he was in on that. And let's be honest, the Eagles ran the football. And this was a, this was we were talking about. This might be the most difficult, you know, defense they faced so far. Southern Miss finished the game rushing for two hundred and fifteen yards. I mean, you know, if you want to look at some positives, and I'm, you know, I typically am a glass half full guy, but they rush for for 215 yards. They give up 192 on the ground, and I felt like, uh, to, to your point, Tate went 15 to 26. Uh, for 188 yards, did throw the bad interception, but uh, he had four rushing touchdowns. And what, to your point, what Tate Watley brings in the game is you, you have to you have to watch him in the backfield. There is an extra runner in the backfield with Tate Watley. Jack Abraham doesn't have that aspect of the game where Jack is is a more efficient passer and a more accurate passer. One thing I was kind of disappointed in the passing game. You know, they had that that deep throw. They took some shots and then had a, a nice throw uh, to Brownlee and then had a nice throw uh, again across the the middle. They they never came back to that. It may have been because of what Liberty did. But Tate Watley, four rushing touchdowns, and uh, there were several times there were just straight quarterback keeps, you know, from from the backfield and bootlegs. The the touchdown in the third quarter was was beautiful. Just he booted out there, sold the uh, the run going right, and then he booted left. And so yeah, I, I think he does bring an extra measure. Now we'll have to see if if he's included in the game plan more going forward. But man, five touchdowns for Tate Watley against Liberty. All right, when we come back, Jack Duggan is going to join us. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about statistics uh, that were piled up during the game Saturday. Also, the home basketball and road basketball schedules have finally been released. Uh, Southern Miss with four teams coming to Hattiesburg for two game sets, and then they'll play Louisiana Tech here at home. And then obviously going on the road uh, four times uh, for two game sets, and then one game on the road against Louisiana Tech. So, Basketball now on the horizon. Uh, football headed down the second stretch of the season. Lots to talk to the old left-hander about. And that's what we'll do when we continue on the Eagle Hour.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. Monday edition of the Eagle Hour from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. That's where you need to go the next time you want to buy some Southern Miss apparel. They've got the biggest selection anywhere at Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street. They're open Monday through Saturday for your shopping convenience, or you can go online at campusbookmart.net. Kelly Sander joins us a little later in the show. Right now, our buddy Jack Duggan joins us, as he's been doing every Monday here recently. And, Jack, uh, a lot you, you're the stat guy, man. There were a lot of stats to keep up with, <laughs> offensive stats for both teams Saturday, right? There was. I tell you what, you know, 91 combined points, that's the most in a Southern Miss game since the Eagles beat uh, or won at Texas State back in 2015, 56-50. So, uh, yeah, it was the, – the, the scoreboard operator was very busy on Saturday, that's for sure. And close to 1,000 yards of total offense. Am I right about that? That is that is true. I mean uh, – you know they were, I think, five, you know, five thirty something, and we we were we were over four hundred as well. So uh, you know, I heard the first segment, uh, you know, Luke talking about our rushing yards with two hundred and fifteen, and so that certainly was a positive. It it was it was fun to see us uh, run the football uh, last Saturday. And we should point out, uh, Gore was the leading rusher with uh, seventy nine yards, but Watley he he rushes for sixty two yards. As I mentioned to uh, as I mentioned to Luke in the first segment, I think Tate Watley adds a, a another dynamic to the position. Jack, he's a very capable runner, and I, I thought for a kid that hadn't got on the field much, he really played well Saturday. He really did, and and you know you you, you look at you know for a guy who hadn't played a whole lot, hadn't played you know. Harley at all this year, he comes out and he hits, he hits three or four passes on that first drive, and uh, you know, I mean that's pretty that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, you know, now granted, Brown had a great catch on the sideline on one of them, but uh, you know, I I thought I thought Eagles came out with a good game plan, and and uh, I you know it just you know offensively I thought we played really well on Saturday. Yeah, I would agree. I, I guess the biggest obstacle that they were unable to overcome was Malik Willis. He is a – got to tell you, from where I was watching the game, Jack, he's, he's a dynamic quarterback. Uh, probably the best we've seen this year. Is that fair to say? I, th- I think so. I mean, he he, uh, he had an outstanding uh, – he had an outstanding day, and, and, you know, we certainly had trouble uh, stopping him. But, you know, that's what we that's what we thought going in, and, and he, he certainly came as advertised. How rare is it to see a guy, no matter what team Jack, throw six touchdowns in one game? That's pretty rare, right? It's you know it's it's uh, it's pretty pretty rare. You know, I, I looked it up. Uh, the school record given up for us is seven, and and that was and I don't remember the young man's name, but well, he was not young now because it was it the guy did it. He was at San Diego State, and I think it happened back in nineteen seventy. <laughs> so so. Uh, you know he's he's probably a little he's probably a little older than me now yeah. maybe even you you Bob could be possible uh, I don't think anybody's older than me Jack but but maybe <laughs> but uh, you know just I mean you know five in the first half I mean he 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 certainly had a great day for them no question Luke get in here with the old left hander 
Uh, Jack, we I thought we were going to have the second longest kickoff return. Uh, D. Mike had a hundred yard last year, and I thought Antoine Robinson had another hundred yard. They they called it back. Still still don't know who did it because uh, they they said the penalty was on Antoine and he couldn't block for himself. So uh, uh, you know they we're still wondering about that is. But talk about Jason Brownlee. I, it was funny yesterday on the NFL uh, show on ESPN. Uh, Randy Moss said showed that play from Saturday and called out the the D back from Liberty and said you got mossed. So Brownlee now. Uh, averaging almost uh, 90 to 100 yards a, a game receiving. And, you know, with Tim Jones being out, Brownlee has just uh, really exploded on the scene. Well, you know, they asked him to step up, obviously, with Tim Jones being out, and he certainly has done that. And so if you look at our stats going through the first five games of the year, your first two games, you know, Tim Jones, 100-yard receiving games. Tim Jones out, last three games, Jason Brownlee, 300-yard receiving games. So, uh, you know, I'm not sh- I don't I, I got to go back and look see when the last time we had five straight hundred yard receiving games. Uh, it's probably a little bit more common than I think that it is, but still, that's pretty impressive that that we've had one guy step up in, in all five of our games this year. Defensively, Golden Eagles uh, forced a uh, another turnover, and you know people just kind of looking from the outside on a one and four team and especially some of the defensive struggles, they wouldn't uh, possibly believe it, but the Golden Eagles have forced a turnover every single game this year, and they had four sacks, which is the most that they've had all year. Yeah, that's true, and, and you know, there are there are bright spots for our defense. I mean, I know you look at the numbers. They're not, you know, fantastic. We give up almost 500 yards a game, but, 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 but there are pauses there, and I think they're, they're starting to get better. I mean, you know, the one thing I keep hearing is, is – you know, guys interchanging and 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 having to play, you know, different spots and you know, it just just doesn't seem to be there's been that stability because of the COVID uh, this year and 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 I think as you know things you know continue to sort of settle down for our team, I think you'll see a resurgence in our defense uh, as we go through at least these final five games that we have scheduled uh, left uh, through November and 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 if you know we certainly. You know, it looks like we'll make up the two that we missed, uh, you know, over the last three weeks. But, uh, you know, I, I know Conference USA is still working on that. So hopefully we'll get those played as well. So, I, you know, I think, I think you're going to see a team, you know, three weeks from now that's going to be a lot better on defense. I really do. Uh, one more football question before we move on to some other stuff, Jack. I know Gore Jr. was on and off the field a lot, limping a bit. Have you heard anything about that? Is that a severe injury or maybe just twisted his ankle a bit? I haven't heard a word about it. I mean, he kept coming back in, so I think he'll be I think he'll be fine, good to go uh, for Saturday when we play Rice. Okay. All right, so your department releases today the home and road basketball schedules, and it's going to be a lot different this year. Uh, we've got UTEP, Middle Tennessee, North Texas, Florida Atlantic playing in Hattiesburg, Louisiana Tech playing one game, but – all of these, all of these teams I mentioned first, they're going to be here for two games. Am I correct about that, Jack? Right. There's a Thursday, Saturday, I, I believe is the schedule, and I think there's a certain certain time that that we can't play later than on Saturday. I'm not exactly sure what that time is. Uh, you know, when we when we release time, so I would imagine we'll have an afternoon game on on Saturday and. And uh, you know a Thursday night game at uh, Reed Green Coliseum. So, so it'll be you know it'll be fun. It'll be you, you know what it's going to be like. It's going to be a lot like I don't know if you guys are familiar with college hockey, but but what they do in hockey 
at least collegiate hockey, they'll come in for a weekend and they'll play on a Friday and Saturday night or, or Friday and Saturday afternoon. That's kind of what they do because hockey's so spread out that um, that, that that and to get more games in. So so uh, it, it's kind of similar to that. So I, I, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this schedule plays out for uh, Conference USA. Are they doing the same thing in women's basketball, Jack? We hadn't heard anything about that. Uh, I, I I don't know for sure. It would not surprise me if they did, uh, and it would not be that would not surprise me if they sort of mirror those schedules. But I have not heard I've I've not heard uh, that yet since we okay. you know, and That's I don't want to I don't want to speculate since we haven't released anything okay. yet. All right, so the home games are UTEP, Middle Tennessee, North Texas, and Florida Atlantic. The road games are UAB, Texas San Antonio, Rice, and Florida International. I did less than two minutes left in the segment, Jack. Have you had an have you had a chance to uh, keep an eye on fall baseball at all? If there any, is there anything you can share with us about that? I, I've watched a couple of uh, I've gone out there a couple of times. I've watched about four innings each scrimmage. Uh, you know, I've liked what I've seen. Uh, they swing the bats. Uh, seems like that uh, defensively we we've been very solid. Uh, I think the first time I went out there, I watched about four innings and, and I saw five five homers. And uh, that's, <laughs> that's all. Good. That could and, be and, good or bad, Jack. <laughs> yeah, it, it just depends on you know. It's like it's like a scrimmage in football. You know, during during the preseason, it's like offense does well, defense does poorly. It's like you know, how do you grade that? Right, but. Uh, right. You know, it's you know, what, what, is the defense going to be bad? Offense going to be good, or or whatever? But right, uh, I, I I'll be honest with you, I I I think that Scott Barry is going to have a pretty good team, and uh, I think they'll be fun to watch uh, when 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 we get to play in the spring. I mean, I think there's still some 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 things that have to be determined how they're going to do the schedule in the spring. Mm. Uh, but um, you know, should be should be a fun spring for for. For our squad. Now, Jack, I told you last week I'm working on the uh, I'm working on the vaccine down in the basement. I'm just a few days away from having for having a sample run, so I'm going to be calling you. And if if you survive this, Jack, then I, I think we may be good for baseball season. All right, fair enough. You are the you are the COVID czar, so I, I am. You know, I'm the czar of COVID. There's no question. Yeah. There's no question about that. All right, Jack, we appreciate your. Uh, sharing time with us every monday we always enjoy having you on the show and uh thanks for the stats my man anytime enjoyed it uh let's let's go get rice on saturday there we go jack duggan everybody sports information director extraordinaire for the university of southern mississippi rice and southern miss scheduled to play in hattiesburg this saturday Keep your fingers crossed. All the tests work out. Rice uh, lost an overtime game. Actually, the first game of the year the Owls played uh, this past Saturday. Luke and I will be talking a little more about what happened around Conference USA when we come back. Get Kelly involved in the conversation as well. So stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. 
back on a Monday. Always great talking to the old left-hander Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director for Southern Miss. Appreciate his time on this Monday, third segment of the Eagle Hour. Brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. They are showing Monday Night Football and the World Series. Uh, it's been a great World Series so far. I've been cheering for the Rays, and uh, they're, they're down 3-2, but it's back tomorrow night. So Monday Night Football tonight and the World Series at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Tomorrow night, home of the 895 lunch every single day. And remember, Wing Wednesday is coming up. 24 wings for only $15. We appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Kelly John Center, joins us before we get to Kelly. Conference USA results on the weekend. Uh, the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana defeat UAB 24-20. to Jacksonville State defeats Florida International. Hmm. Marshall defeats uh, Florida Atlantic 20-9. Charlotte defeats UTEP 38-28. Middle Tennessee, guys. I made that call on Friday. Double overtime, and, and what an interesting uh, kick that Rice had, and we'll talk a little, little bit of, uh, more about that in a minute. But Middle Tennessee defeats Rice 40-34 to in double overtime. Western Kentucky defeats Chattanooga 13-10. to And then the Roadrunners of UTSA knock off, uh, really I think in the last minute, the last few minutes, beat Louisiana Tech 27-26. to Kelly, um, just general comments uh, about Southern Miss Falling fifty six uh, to thirty five uh, to Liberty. I know you were watching it Saturday, and then talk a few more about some of these games in, in Conference USA. What do you think about Saturday's game against Liberty? Several thoughts I have. Number one, you know, a lot of uh, Eagle fans were texting me during the game, just saying, you know, why why did why did the Eagles go over there when they were so depleted personnel wise? And here's where we have to talk about the business aspect of college athletics again, you guys. It was a check. It was a pretty nice check. You know, that, that Liberty cut Southern Miss, that the Eagles wouldn't have gotten had they not gone. Okay, so, so you really were dealing with a team, you were, you were dealing with Liberty's, you know, starters, essentially, against a lot of our number two guys, who I thought, you know, stepped up pretty admirably, considering, you know, the situation. And, you know, going into this weekend with Rice, you're not even sure who the quarterback's going to be, because you don't know if Jack Abraham's going to be ready to go this weekend. And Tate Watley, you know, who I thought played really well Saturday, you know, he took a he took a lick late in the game that they're not sure physically he's going to be able to go. So um, now the good news is you're playing Rice this weekend, but you know the the third quarter was was really uh, it was a completely different team. You know, it's like the Eagles came out in the third quarter and decided to play a little bit, but then the you know the Eagles got fatigued in the fourth quarter again just. Their, num- their lack of numbers really showed, you know, in the fourth quarter. And, and with those type of personnel, with Liberty's personnel and the Southern Miss's personnel, Liberty was just a better team. You know, I'm not sure how it might not have turned out, you know, had, had the Eagles had everybody. But, you know, if if some butts were candy and nuts. But I, I thought, you know, overall it was not a game that the Eagles were expected to win. Um, and considering... Again, the, the lineup, you know, I thought they played all right. And, again, the most important thing was is that the ink on the check is dry. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, you, you hate to say that, and, but, I mean, to be brutally honest, that's why you go. Yeah. I'm sure the Eagles could have said, you know what, we, we just don't have enough guys. We'll just sit this <clears> one out. But when they're sitting to write, you know, when, when Liberty's ready to write a check with a bunch of zeros in it, 
you go. Right. I mean, is that reasonable? <clears throat> well, it's realistic. I mean, it's it's the reality. Yeah. It's the reality. I think uh, I told Luke this early in the show. Now, of course, I'm not a coach, and they don't care what I think. But uh, the team's one and four. Uh, you really got nothing to lose at this point. I think Tate Watley played well enough. He deserves another start, Kelly. Well, again, but physically, is he going to be? I mean, he really got you know bell rung there. At the, at he got the his end bell rung, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if he's um, if all the birds are done dancing around his head. You know, like in the <laughs> cartoons, uh, he'll be ready to go. But yeah, I thought. But but one of the things I'd like to see the Eagles do, and again, like you, Bob, I'm not a coach, is I just think. The Eagles have got to try to work Brownlee into the offensive attack more. I mean, he started out with, I think, a couple nice receptions in the first two drives, and then it's like he didn't hear from him the rest of the game. Right. You know, he and had five catches a, for, for 114. He was the leading receiver. They just – they didn't – what you're talking about, they quit the vertical game. They, they right. quit throwing the deep uh, passes across the middle and taking the, the shots. I, I wish they would have – brought that back because they were finding uh, some holes there. But at the same token, you rushed for 215 yards. Yeah, but, but Brown, I mean, Brownlee's a good-looking – he's physically a, a really good-looking athlete. And I think that, uh, you know, that he, could be, that he could be a big difference maker. And, again, when you stretch the field like that, that only helps the running game. Right. Um, but, you know, as, as weird as this sounds, you guys – and I, you know, some fans were talking about this on social media this weekend. As weird as this sounds, with Louisiana Tech losing to UTSA, don't say it, Kelly. Don't don't, don't say it. <laughs> don't even say it. Say don't, it, Kelly. Don't, don't go say there, it, Kelly. Kelly. The Eagles have their destiny in their own hands because they still play. <laughs> they still have ahead of them UTSA. They've got UAB ahead of them. You know, now now those are going and those are going to be two very tough games. And as it turns out, those are the last two games on the schedule, if I'm not mistaken. We well, got the makeup uh, game. Well, you, too. you still got you still got UTEP and FAU the first two weekends of, of December. Yeah, and they're so, not going to be yeah, easy. The, here's here's the conference standings in the West. UAB is leading at two and zero. UTSA two and one. Louisiana Tech two and two. Southern Miss one and one, North Texas one and two, Rice zero oh and one, UTEP zero oh and two. So the Eagles technically are tied for like second and a half place if that exists. Hmm. So th- I'm telling yeah, you. so I'm, all I'm, they they've only lost one game. So they're I don't know how in these standings. I guess because Tech's played four games, Eagles have played two. But yeah, I mean if the Eagles so if the Eagles win this week against Rice and UTSA loses, Southern Miss would be in second place in the West. But but they've got UTSA still to play, and they've got UAB still to play. Right. So you know if you win if you win out your conference games, of course the F you know the FAU one isn't going to count as far as the West goes. But you you could win the West. I think they all count. Didn't we discuss this last year that um, that even if you lose a game to an Eastern Division team, that counts in your standings? Is that not right, Luke? We need to find yeah, out. They, that, they yeah. all count. Yeah, yeah. they, they all count. Right. Absolutely. So every game that you play counts towards. So your guys, here's what record. I want to throw out to both of you. And this is what is so frustrating about being in Conference USA. What what you think may be your best team in the league? UAB lose at home. They lose at home to Louisiana Lafayette. Then you have Florida International losing to Jacksonville State. What does the conference have to do to get off the snide, Kelly Sander, and and start improving? Bob, if if I think if the conference knew the answer to that question, 
they would have they would have yeah. answered it a long time ago. But can you understand but the frustration though? Of, of course, and and you know we we laugh. People say well, you guys you guys are putting too much uh, emphasis on the Massey ratings. You know when the mass really? I mean we're we're not the ones that have said the Massey ratings or the you know the coaches have told us that that the mm-hmm. Massey ratings they think are the most comprehensive and take and takes the human heart out of it. You know it's all based on you know computer metrics and all, all these sorts of things that we don't know anything about. Um, and then, and, and, you know, it would have predicted, like, for example, FIU losing to a Jacksonville State. Um, now, Louisiana Lafayette is, is a pretty credible team. I mean, they were ranked in the top 25, beat Iowa State right. earlier this year. Uh, Marshall is really the team that you've got to, that's got the torch right now. And, and the Thundering Herd, they moved up again in the top 25 this week. Mm-hmm. But, but FIU, you know, that's, that's, Terrible. Uh, yeah, that's that's terrible. Luke has um, has the Sun Belt become a better football conference than Conference USA? Have you watched Coastal Carolina play? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, so. I mean Lafayette, but Coastal beat them. <clears throat> Coastal Carolina, regardless of any, put the Power Five in there. I don't know if you've watched Coastal play this year. They're one of the most fun football teams to watch because of the energy in their young coaching staff and on the field. It is it is fun to. I would watch them play anybody. And by the way, they're going to play Liberty to to end uh, the season. So, I, I I think I think probably last year or maybe even the year before you didn't hear it much last year because Southern Miss beat Troy, but Southern Miss fans. Probably for the last year and a half have been in denial because while you know we've been suffering, Billy Napier's been down in the Bayou building a program. Coastal Coastal's been doing that. App State's been winning eleven games a year. I think it was probably two years ago when they passed up Conference USA. Yeah, and you can't you can't you can't take uh, Georgia Southern out of that equation either. I mean, Irk Russell put that that team on the map, and that's the fastest growing school in the state of Georgia. That's a fact. Georgia Southern is so. yeah, and, and you know, the, the argument could be made that Conference USA's baseball is better, and it, and it probably is, but not by much. You know, you got pretty good even, baseball. Pretty even yeah. stuff there, Kelly, yeah. I mean, yeah, Coastal <clears throat> Carolina was a national champion a couple of years ago. Louisiana Lafayette always put the great team on the field. Rodney Hennon at Georgia Southern's been there. You know, he's got a good tradition. So, yeah, I mean, it's... The uh, fun belt. It's the fun belt, guys. And their and, games and, are entertaining. They're fun to watch. And they're they're marketing their product better. No question. USA. That's that doesn't say much, but they are. <laughs> like like Halloween at Southern Miss. Is that what you're referring to, Kelly, as opposed True. to trick or treat at the Pete? <laughs> we'll trick or treat with Southern Miss. <laughs> Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Last segment of this Eagle Hour today on a sunny Monday brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. If you're looking for a new vehicle at Toyota of Hattiesburg, help you with the purchase. Go on their website, toyotahattiesburg.com. Lots of stuff you can do. Most importantly, you can check out their entire inventory New vehicles, pre-owned vehicles, certified vehicles, and then go see them on Highway 98 in 
Hattiesburg. Southern Miss men's tennis drops two contests uh, this weekend, the only two contests of the fall, uh, to number 41 Middle Tennessee and Chattanooga. Uh, the only time this fall the, the tennis team will be on the court, uh, the spring schedule will be announced at a later time. Lady Eagles uh, volleyball team actually uh, swept Louisiana Tech, though, Saturday. They took both both of the matches 3-1, to one, and uh, that's their two contests of the fall, and the spring schedule, just like tennis, will be announced a little later. Told you about the uh, Conference USA West standings. Forgot to, uh, to let you know the East standings. Marshall leading at 3-0. Charlotte 2-1. FAU 1-1. Middle Tennessee 2-3. I think Middle Tennessee's played the most games of, of any conference uh, USA team so far with five. Western Kentucky, one and two, and then FIU, O oh and one. Southern Miss playing Rice on a Halloween this coming Saturday. And, man, what a, a heartbreaking loss Rice had in their first game of the year. They're playing at home against Middle Tennessee. Overtime basically went like this. Middle Tennessee missed the field goal, and then Rice had the opportunity to kick a field goal. If you haven't seen the replays for this, go on Twitter and just search Rice field goal. So, guys, the kicker kicks attempts a 45-yard field goal. It hits the right upright, bounces inside, hits the crossbar right in the middle, then bounces up and hits the left upright, and then kicks off the left off right and comes down in the right middle of the crossbar, hits the right crossbar, and falls down. So doink, 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 <laughs> doink. And in the around the twenty yard line, you can see a Rice offensive lineman put his hands over his face as he watches doink, doink, <laughs> doink, doink. We may never ever see it again in college football. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Although I have heard the term for, for doinker before. Yeah, that's that's another that's another sport altogether, Kelly. Yeah, it's usually at closing time. But yeah, yeah, four, a four doinker. Yeah, that would be the kind of field goal you would expect out of the Cincinnati Bengals at the end of a game, Kelly. I'll tell you what, Bob. They're a picture of consistency. They blew another lead uh, yesterday. The past fifteen games that the Bengals have had a lead with five minutes left in the game, they've lost. 13 out of those 15 games. Yesterday was no exception. They had a lead with a minute and six seconds left to go. Cleveland had no timeouts, and Baker Mayfield right down the field. Cleveland wins the last seconds of the game. But Mike Thomas had a good game. The are 5-2. and two. Yeah, the Browns five are pretty and two. good. And, and there's still you, you mentioned Mike Thomas, Steelers. former Southern Miss wide receiver yesterday, two catches for 54 yards. He had that big, I think it was a third down catch, Kelly. He was about 29 yards, had a guy all over him and made a catch. And, and Mike Thomas uh, really shining for, for the Bengals. And, and for the first time ever, I, I never really followed Joe Burrow's career in college that much um, because I didn't go to LSU and I don't even act like I you know, went to LSU like 80% of their fans. Right. <laughs> um, but, but I'm a believer now. I mean, that, that kid is really good. I mean, for, for a rookie, if the Bengals could just get him any help on the defensive side of the ball. I'll tell you something interesting yesterday in the league, too, Kelly. You, you mentioned Baker Mayfield, and then the kid that uh, quarterbacks for uh, the Cardinals last night. So two former Oklahoma quarterbacks really had good weekends, and that was some football game last night uh, involving uh, the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Yeah, Kyler Murray, his athleticism and his, and his speed and quickness certainly outweighs his lack of heights because, man, that guy's a player. And I'll tell you who's not getting the publicity he should, and that's that Herbert kick, the quarterback for the Chargers. That guy can sling it, man. That guy can throw it 80 yards easy. 
you know. So again, the Chargers. How about Bengals, they? They can get their quarterbacks any type of help. You got you got Super Bowl winning quarterbacks on both of those teams. All right. How about last night in in the Seahawks Cardinals game? Uh, Mississippi's own D- DK Metcalf, who uh, somebody said it best: if aliens invaded uh, planet Earth and we had to present one athlete to go one on one, DK Matt Metcalf would be Earth's choice. Last night, guys, when he chased down Buda Baker, Baker had at least, uh, if you go back and look at it, about a five to seven yard head start. DK Metcalf sprinted about ninety yards, tracked him down. And they said, according to the NFL Next Gen stats, he reached a max speed of 22.64 miles per hour, which is the fastest uh, for a receiver in the NFL. I thought it, I don't think there's anything that can happen in the NFL this year that will top that performance uh, it, last it, it night was by the, what Metcalf did. It was the play of – it may be the one of the greatest plays I've ever seen, period. And, you know, the guy he chased down Luke's pretty fast guy himself. And uh, yes. and Metcalf's a big man. I mean, that was just stunning to watch. That. <laughs> stunning. Actually, the the uh, the movie actor um, that played Black Panther, um, gosh, I, I, he he just he passed away right un- right unexpectedly. It, people are actually talking about about uh, the kid, that receiver being the new uh, Black Panther in the movie. Metcalf. <laughs> well. Chadwick Boseman. He may be the real Black Panther if he wants to Look, be. He, he's a stud, man. 6'4", 229, runs a 4'3", 40. Yeah, a stud. Probably, yeah, probably about 4% body fat. Too. Yeah, not much. All right, that wraps up a Monday. Tuesday's just around the corner. We'll be back at 1 o'clock. We hope you will, too. Until then, everyone, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.